Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the Red Raiders are whacked in Waco. And we're also getting back to Big 12 conversations. Who is holding up an early departure for Texas and Oklahoma? All next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be back with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks as always for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free with LinkedIn jobs, terms and conditions apply. Chris, great to be back with you once again. Welcome back to the LBK after a Red Raider hoops road trip. And that's where we will begin today as Texas Tech falls on the road in Waco at the hands of the Baylor Bears. Final score was a lot to not as much. And maybe the end result was not that shocking, Chris, but man, I was a little bit surprised still again to see a game that featured such a significant swing from one portion to another. And this time again, it was a first half that did not resemble a second half, unfortunately for Texas Tech, in a negative way because uh, you did some things that allowed you to compete for the first 20 minutes, but then your doors were essentially blown off in the final 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, Cowan, it was it really the halves and the games were opposites uh, in the two games last week. Uh, I, th- I thought, yeah, you did. You played. And, and, and I have a healthy respect for Baylor's personnel. Uh, it's almost embarrassingly mm-hmm. good. Uh, I mean, just how that they have really every kind of piece that you're looking for elite level guards they've got lots of size those the 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 bigs kind of know their role they've got a good wing and Jalen Bridges that I guess he's averaged 16 points against you uh you know in the uh in the two games that he's played against you the former West Virginia Mountaineer player but yeah and then and then they get Jonathan Chama Chachua back uh who hadn't played in a year and that just totally will change the dynamic of their team because he's a He's a beast, uh, like Rico Gathers and like uh, Mark Vidal and some of those guys. But yeah, so r- really across the board, that they are better than you are one through five. And so f- for you to be just down four at the half and have played well, yeah, you feel pretty good about it. But you're just kind of waiting for Baylor to kind of make that run or string some threes together. And then you know at, at this point, which you already know the answer, but. You just don't really have the firepower on offense to to, to keep up with that uh, kind of offense. You just don't. Uh, you don't have the shot making, the uh, you know, re- really anything offensive oriented that you feel like, especially without Pop Isaacs and uh, no Fardaws and then Bacho playing at, at far less than 100. percent So, and the dam broke, uh, and then they kind of you know it was a dunk contest and a three point contest at your expense and. I won't miss going to the Ferrell Center anymore. I know that, but that was the the Red Raiders' last <laughs> trip. But but yeah, it, it just got it just got away from you in a hurry, and that's how that's how flammable Baylor can be. I mean, it, it was uh, like a nine zero run within like a minute, and they were all threes from the corner, 
it was just boom, boom, boom. And then you look up and you're like, okay, we're down 14. And I don't, you know, there's just not really, you weren't coming back against that team in their building. No. And just, you know, watching on television and you saw it probably in person, if you went to the game uh, in Lubbock, but as you mentioned it there, personnel wise, just a different physical group than what Texas tech is throwing out on the floor. I mean, they've really got length. They've really got size and they've got a variety uh, of how they can use that length or that size, because some of those big men are versatile, as we all know, painfully. Now uh, you can knock some down from the field. You can do some work in the paint uh, near the hoop. So one of the better basketball teams in the country, there, there's no question about that. If there are any bright spots and there are very few, whenever you've only won one game in conference, uh, by the time you're getting into February, Chris, I did like to see another double double, I think posted for, Jalen Tyson, uh, who here or there has found some fire in some of these games. And for a guy who still is kind of manning his first full-time duty on this level, uh, I'm liking to see some of that uh, appearing um, from game to game. And he and Davion Harmon obviously carry the uh, scoring load for you. I'm not here to champion any statistical achievements, uh, but for a guy as <laughs> but for a guy yeah. as young as Jalen Tyson, or I shouldn't even say young anymore, but maybe relatively inexperienced coming into the year, uh, I'm still going to take notice of a game like he had on Saturday. Yeah, you know, and really with him, it's just the talent is there. It's just consistency. That's why you know guys like Flagler and Cryer and why Keontae George who is one of the best freshmen in the country are, are talked about in the way that they are because they're doing it every single game. And I think, you know, for, for guys like Tyson and Harmon and, and the guys that can score, it, it's got to be, you know, consistent. Uh, where, where Baylor really won this game, though, or really took Texas Tech out of it was one of your most consistent guys. They basically just said, you're not going to get to play much today or be involved today, and that was Kevin O'Banner, uh, who has yeah. been – one of your most consistent guys scoring, rebounding, uh, all those kinds of things. And they just – they didn't really let him breathe. Uh, they had the the quote-unquote defensive currency to kind of spend on stopping Kevin O'Banner. And he – you know, and and so then it was just left with Harmon and, and Tyson to try to, to carry it. And it's just it's just too much against, uh, you know, the, the skill that, that, that Baylor has. Uh and that was the first time I'd seen really Kevin O'Banner just kind of really taken out uh, of a game. He was he was frustrated, wasn't really getting to touch the ball, uh, non-factor on offense. Uh, and it was just, you know, and again, like they did a really good job on a guy like Kerwin Walton too. I mean, the the, the book is out. I mean, just don't, you know, they, they made him put it on the floor and try to get to the basket and like no threes for you today. And he did a decent job of kind of taking what was given there and, and, and trying to attack the basket on a few occasions. But uh, you know, I mean, I think everybody now is well aware it's, it's Davion Harmon kind of penetrate dribble, 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 and either throw up something or, or get it to one of these shooters <laughs> in the corner. And they just weren't, you know, I Davion Harmon as good as he can be on offense he's just not going to beat a team like Baylor, you know, and, and he was pretty good right. against the bears, but he's just not gonna, he can't take over a game and just score every time down. I mean, that's not, he's not a very good three point shooter, very good uh, in the paint and, and in transition and things like that. But uh, they just basically took away the three point, you know, shooters from uh, for Texas tech, because you don't have pop playing Curl Walton and Kevin O'Banner are, are really next in line there. And they basically just said, you know, not, nothing for you. And so it was Jalen Tyson was really the only 
three point threat that you had. I think uh, you know Harmon attempted a few too, but yeah, just tough day, man. Uh, and now you, I mean, think about it. Now you really just have you're just guaranteed nine games left. I mean, now we're going to start counting them off here. Uh, but you'll go play the hottest team in the country. Uh, well, I say the country. The, Oklahoma, the yeah. countdown takes on a different tone, Chris. Now it's like nine, eight, seven, eight. six. Yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah. only nine, only eight. I mean, it's just I, – I hate to say that you've lost any steam you ever had, but if if you had any left, I mean, wh- where are we now? Because uh, it seems like all internal to me. Not that there are not still team-oriented goals out there for you, and you do as you – Touching on there, you got an interesting uh, game coming up as you remain on the road this week. We'll circle back to that on Wednesday as you get ready for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, whose record is not really going to get your attention, but winners of four of the previous five, I think, uh, coming into this one. So, but I mean, you at some point you look inward, right, and your season goals become more like internal team-oriented goals. I, I don't know, but there's a, a shift at some point. Uh, I would think at least. Yeah, you, you know, and, and I, I, you know, Oklahoma State, I, I think it may be five of six. I said hottest team in the country. That's not right. I meant in the league. Uh, but, but you know, they just beat TCU. They've kind of found who they are on offense. And and I, it's just probably not a good time to be playing uh, Oklahoma State right now. It's, they've kind of – because bottom line, they're, they're, in, they're, they're a tournament team as it stands right now. I mean, they're in the field. Yep. Uh, and, and pretty every metric uh, and bracket you want to look at, and they, they just need to stay there. Uh, and it's it's funny, West Virginia also probably in now that they've started to catch fire a little bit, and it's the Sooners uh, and the Red Raiders that would be on the outside looking in. But, again, so much will change over the next five weeks. But, yeah, the Red Raiders, just they just have the nine games left. You've got eight conference games left, four away, four at home, and then one in Kansas City that you're guaranteed. And that that is all – that is left on the schedule that, that you're guaranteed you're going to have to earn the right to play more than that. I don't know when Fardaz will, would be back. I mean, he he's not wearing any boot or, or anything like that. Uh, I don't know, it, you know, what his status is. Uh, it, it appears that, that Pop will miss a bit uh, more. I don't know if that's one game or four games more. I, I, I don't know. And then uh, Baccio obviously has got a – an elbow issue he's you know dealing with the, the still with the hand and all that stuff so anyway and then the knee I guess that uh that, that was mentioned after the game uh versus Iowa State so I don't know man it's it's what been, else uh, Chris what else yeah, we've got all the time you need <laughs> yeah it's been a wild uh it's just still crazy how different the feelings are now you know compared to a year ago at this time it's just really polar opposites uh that 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 has been like just processing that as we all live through it and as i watch it up close it's just been really uh, strange but um you know all they can do is keep grinding but you've got a oklahoma state and then you have back-to-back home games against two of the better teams in the conference uh and it's you know it's it's wednesday in stillwater and then it is kansas state and texas on a saturday monday and Texas is easily the best team in the Big 12 right now. Their record would, would suggest that. They go win in Manhattan. They just beat these Baylor Bears that I that I think are, are personnel-wise just really, really good. So, yeah, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't get any easier. It's not, not going to be a let up. So, I, I don't – this isn't a week where I'm going to look at you and go, hey, man, you got a great chance to win both games this week. I mean, odds are – uh, either win is going to be an upset, and uh, you know it's going to be tough to pull off either one of them. You can do it, but 
you just have to you know, have to keep grinding, man. But it pretty much has to go perfect for you in some of these in some of these games based on how good the other teams are. Uh, the action will keep coming fast and furiously, uh, whether you like it or not. So we'll get back to hoops uh, a little closer to that next one coming up on Wednesday. Is uh, yeah, you're trying to get things right on the defensive end. You're trying to get things right on the offensive end. You know, timeline area of the floor, mid court, everything. We we got to get everything right, baseline. To baseline, you're talking a minute ago, dribble, 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 and then pull up a shot. It's making me think of like an offense only a Pips instructor could love, you know. All dribbling, guys. Let's just you want to skip shooting? Let's just keep dribbling. Anybody want to break out a spider dribble? You know, you jumped the shark if you're in till and pink and spider dribbling. So, hopefully, we don't take it to that point this season. I've got a long running Pips beef, I'll get into maybe in an off season episode of the show. A full 30 minutes on Casey Cowan versus the PIPS organization. But as for coming up next, uh, we'll get to a bigger picture from uh, the players, comp- PIPS players in progress. Is that right? Is that what uh, PIPS stands for? Players in progress? Yeah, some, yeah there you go. Something okay. like that. It's kind of the okay. way that like Congress titles a bill. You know, what it says <laughs> is not what it's doing by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. You want to keep, you want the PIPS show? No, not right now. Not right now. Okay. We've got other things to discuss, Chris, because after... We last had a conversation. Uh, it seemed like there were some more things to gleam from the Big 12 Conference as it relates mm-hmm. to a timeline for the exit of our friends in Norman and Austin. We'll get to that and more coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. If you're a small business owner or hiring manager for a business, you know that success this year is all about who you surround yourself with with and that's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in to help you find the right candidates to fit your needs the fastest and that's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one they're going to help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with direct targeting tools they go beyond just resume data they use insights from your job posts company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of just the right qualified candidates you can identify those candidates and connect with them fast and for free linkedin jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your qualifications all on one easy to use platform let them help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster right now by posting your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with linkedin jobs Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Feels good being your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Hope you'll check out Locked On College Basketball and make that your second listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Uh, Chris, as we move away from hoops and move to that big umbrella that covers everything, we're talking Big 12 Conference and we're talking the lay of the land over the next couple of years as we got to Big 12 Conference scheduling, of course, and then began to uh, turn towards, well, future schedules, future games in or out of conference as it relates to your two departing members, University of Texas and Oklahoma. And now it seems like, maybe contrary to at least what my initial uh, guess would have been, seems like there has not been any agreement so far uh, that would result in an early departure uh, for the Longhorns and the Sooners. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, add a little context, if you will. And uh, I've got to add myself, I'm a little surprised by that, if that is the reality. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I am too. Um, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, oh, you know, because it, it was reported as pretty much matter of fact. I think since the since time has passed, when it was initially uh, reported, and so what we're talking about here is that I think it's largely been believed that this next season would be Oklahoma and Texas's last year in the Big Twelve. This next academic year, the 2023-24 season. And so what what is now being reported uh, widely, uh, as a matter of fact, is that they will now be in here for the 2024-25 season as well, meaning you're going to get two more seasons with with Oklahoma and Texas if things don't change. Now, I think at some level there is some posturing, negotiation going on, uh, certainly, uh, because I think there was an offer made by Texas and Oklahoma. It was, I guess, rejected. And I think what nobody, uh, you know, obviously the Big Twelve is owed money if they if they leave early. But I think what nobody really talked about enough of, and I don't begin to understand all the ins and outs here. But what what, what we didn't really get into near as much, and probably should have, is that ESPN and really Fox they need to be made whole too because they've they've had these these promises and under contract, and then it's like all of a sudden we can't what we now have to, to offer up isn't what we originally paid for. And I think that's where the, the offers were being made on, okay, well, what if we do this? Would that satisfy, you know, what you're not going to have? And there, there were some different dynamics uh, in, involved there, but it just doesn't appear as of right now that there is a deal in place that would allow Oklahoma and Texas to depart early. Now, could that change and change soon? Sure. But at this point right now, I know I know there, there was a lot of officials at different schools that were made aware of the fact that Oklahoma and Texas were likely to be in for a second season, uh, I guess, about a week ago. And then the rest of us get to find out about it uh, at the end of, of this past week. And that's where, you know, and, and so because it, it, it just it's kind of I guess my mind was already trained into thinking this is it. You're going to go be a 14-team league for one year, and then you're going to go to 12, and then we can start talking about, okay, do you want to add anybody else? But now you're kicking the can down the road a little bit, and now it makes me just kind of wonder what what this is going to look like for a couple of years. Uh, and, and it just makes for this awkward existence. And I, I think that really at face value, Oklahoma and Texas definitely won out early. And I bet that Brett Yormark and and basically all the members of the Big, to- Big 12 wouldn't mind that at all. However, the rub there is that, okay, we would we would like that. However, we need to be made whole here. Like we can't just 
say, hey, man, g- good luck. We, we, we appreciated everything you did, you know, you know, all, all that stuff. There, there, there's a major financial component here that the, the league and, you know, the Foxes and the ESPN, specifically Fox, who doesn't really have any deal with – you knew ESPN was going to be fine with all this stuff because th- that's where the SEC is housed. Uh, but Fox has nothing to do with the SEC, so they're they're left with what is you know the new Big Twelve and then the the Big Ten, uh, largely. And so they were concerned that they weren't it just they weren't going to be made whole. So I don't know where exactly we go from here, but I think we all need to be prepared for the fact that Oklahoma and Texas could be in, in this league for the next couple of years. Meaning Texas could come back to Lubbock one more time. This isn't going to be necessarily the last time that you play them in Austin this year from a football standpoint. Uh, you know, obviously the hoops and, and baseball and all that stuff. So I, I don't, yeah, but, but I've got a lot of questions if that is indeed the case, but I'll, I've talked long enough. Uh, you know, if you have anything you want to react to or uh, discuss, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I just, I'm, I'm trying to process it all. Like probably most exactly are because this is yeah. not the wheelhouse uh, we typically as fans operate in like television networks and exit agreements <laughs> right. between universities. And you've essentially got, two networks, two universities and a conference who are trying to come up with something here. And it really sounds like based on the reporting, I think initially uh, or most prominently from Brett McMurphy, that there was very much an agreement between the big 12 and the two universities that you would see this early exit. And yeah, we're amicable in whatever way to make this happen on both sides. And at least the way I understood it, Chris was that the networks then are saying, I mean, just like you're describing there uh, and primarily, uh, Fox, you would guess. Uh, hold up, our inventory is is totally shifted here uh, now mm-hmm. in this instance. So it really goes to show, or at least reinforce, <laughs> if you're already aware, and you probably are if you're a college football fan, uh, what the power uh, really is like that the net networks wield, right? And I know there are contractual obligations and things like that, but maybe that's the most surprising part of it to me that it was actually the the television component uh, that was stepping in and, and saying, no, we're gonna possibly because obviously this could still change but possibly at this time we're still going to see this played out as agreed to yeah yeah well because the the networks are the ones writing the checks here and so that's where you know they're paying the big dollars on these rights fees and if they feel like they're not getting their money's worth for something that they everybody had agreed to and then the rules change you know that they have every right to say time out this isn't this isn't what we paid for. Um, and, and I think it's up to either the league or the two schools that are, and look, I don't feel sorry for anybody in this whole deal uh, because the networks have been directly uh, involved with realignment. I don't feel sorry for Oklahoma and Texas. They're the ones that are wanting to leave and have told everybody they're leaving. So if they're stuck here, sorry. I mean, I don't feel sorry for the SEC. Uh, it, it is, it is at some level, this awkward existence for the big 12 though, because it, it uh, it kind of you, you, I don't I don't know what all you'll deal with uh, politically behind the scenes or that like business that you can't necessarily conduct now because you you've got this fourteen team league you know for two years I don't know if there's anything that you're prohibited from doing but but I, I think about stuff like bowl tie-ins you know like right. what do the bowl tie-ins look like and uh, in, in, in the order there for for this next year and potentially the year after. Uh, you know, do, do you need to add a few more uh, of them? And and I would suggest that you do just because of, of more, more teams in your league. 
Uh, and then an expanded playoff, obviously, on the horizon as well, because that if they are, in fact, in your league, you know, in, in two years, you know, in the 24 season, that's the first year of an expanded playoff. And then really the dynamics begin to change. Uh, I mean, I'm still curious how you're going to schedule basketball, which is next thing on the agenda, I would say, because that that season begins this coming November and we have no idea for sure how many conference games you're playing, how it's set up. Are you doing divisions, pods? You know, I mean, are you playing around Robin? I have no concept of what that is supposed to uh, to look like under a 14 team league. And then it begs the question, what does the football schedule now look like the next year if, if, if it's the same uh, if it's the same teams? Do you take exactly what you have this year, then, you know, make it opposite? You know, uh, I, I, I just I don't know. I, I think it's uh, they had all said that we want everybody to play everybody at least once in this two year window. But that was way back when. And I think everybody had kind of planned on Oklahoma and Texas just being here in the one more, one more season. But th- there's just a lot of money at stake here, too, for, for specifically Big 12 institutions, because, you know, you, you, you want to make sure that you get what is owed to you. You know, and if there's money, uh, money's owed to you based on exits, early exits, then you, you, you darn sure better collect it because the money's not quite going to be the same once Oklahoma and Texas leaves. So you better make sure that you are made whole. Uh, for sure. Uh, and I think that's why Brett Yormark has basically said uh, every step of the way, it's got to be fair to all parties. You know, we understand what everybody's wants and wishes are. However, it has to make sense. And I think what he's meaning is that financially, uh, as an aside too, Brett Yormark uh, in Lubbock, Texas over the weekend uh, spent, uh, spent, I believe, parts of Saturday and Sunday in Lubbock, Texas, meeting with uh, various folks and attended the Lady Raider game uh, on Sunday. How about that? Um, I'm going to still go ahead and sum it up from my point of view, Chris, and say, I'm going to still go ahead and sum it up from my point of view, Chris, and say, I'm not buying it. I think they're still out early. Discussions are ongoing. That's the part I saw of every report. Make no mistake. Discussions are ongoing. Discussions are ongoing. Discussions are ongoing. And the, the future games as currency angle is really interesting to me. And of course, I'm just thinking about it, uh, from a Texas tech fans perspective, but I thought it was interesting that um, there was reporting on BYU basically saying, nah, we're, we don't want our future games, non-conference games, to be used as currency with Texas and Oklahoma when, when they're in the SEC. And so there was a suggestion that that's why they get the schedule that they get right now. We're giving you, you know, Sooners and Longhorns. I'm sure that's just an attractive matchup among those offered anyway because BYU is a prominent brand. But from a tech fan perspective, um, either – a, the Big 12 is made whole by them staying longer or the 12 and its television partners are made whole or at least appeased uh, by a future non-conference game agreements. I think as a fan, I'd go for the latter, to be honest with you. I mean, what do I, and I'm just being honest, what do I care about the Big 12 or their television partners being made whole? I care more about entertaining <laughs> games on Texas Tech's schedule. And yeah. if I just had to choose... I think I might say, no, nah, let's see what let's see what the offers are when it comes to future agreed to non-conference scheduled games. I might be a little bit more interested than that, as opposed to the cluster F that is what you just described, if they hang around uh, for the next two years. And then I guess just a cutoff, like it's over after that. I, I don't know. 
I think I might be more interested in possibly it's just because it leaves the conversation open longer, possibly. But well, I might be more it, interested it, in that. How would you approach it? Well, here, here's the tricky thing about non-conference games uh, and, and, and really any conversation involving this because as I look at it, and I know these contracts are adjusted and, and, and tweaked all the time, but I mean, you're scheduled out in the non-conference. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, until 2030, and it's not. And you've got some decent, yeah, till 2028. Okay, you've got you you're you're full, unless it gets adjusted. And obviously, we know about Oregon this year. You're at Oregon next year. Uh, the year after, it's at Colorado State and Oregon State, and then and then you you flop though or flip flip those in 2026. Uh, then NC State comes back here in 27. Uh, then you play at Mississippi State in 28, and then Wyoming uh, on the on the reverse of the game that you're about to play. So I guess my point is, it would take a lot of gymnastics uh, to get it done, and that's just the Red Raiders uh, situation. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that is supposed to look like. I know that that has been discussed. I think they're trying to think outside the box. I just wonder if there's so many things in play and so many contracts already in play, if they just say, let's just do one more year. It's going to suck. Uh, we hate it. We don't want to really operate this way. Probably neither side, but let's just, uh, let's just do it. And, and I, but, but you're right. At the end of the day, I, I, I don't disagree with your sentiment at all in that th this is far from over with. Uh, I just think it looks a lot more likely like there could be two more years with these two teams in this league than not at this point. And yeah. I would have told you middle of last week that, you know, I, I would have felt very strongly about the fact that they were, this was it, but it just may not be in the cards. I'd love to know too, boy, if, if Oklahoma and Texas can't get out of a grant of rights deal, that's a, I mean, cause contracts are made to be broken and that's uh, and again, Oklahoma and Texas are, are part of the, the the folks that put that agreement together. So they're trying to right. kind of essentially trying to get out of their own agreement that they were a part of putting together with their t television partners. Uh, but boy, it, it sure comes off as ironclad if they can't get out of it. Gotcha, mother lovers. <laughs> Terms of agreement. You didn't scroll all the way to the bottom of that, did you? Whenever you're just clicking through a grin, you didn't scroll all the way to the bottom, and now. It's costing you. I just kind of feel like um, if you had the gamble on the bargaining chip of future non-conference games, Chris, then that could be those are interesting games. And we're, I guess we're just talking Texas. I doubt Oklahoma's even on that radar for Tech. But yeah. um, that to me seems like a chance at adding another interesting game as opposed to just saying, well, this is a conference game now and you still got your non-conference and Look, there's so many things competitively, too, whenever it comes to what college football incentivizes and scheduling. It's part of the ripoff of college football. Um, it's why you get these lightweight Tarleton State weekends. And we need another example because I'm going to have these Cowboys fighting mad at Tarleton State if I keep having to use them as an example of games I hate. So hopefully when that one's in the rear view, I'll move on to the next one. Whoever it is, north, south, east, west, crying sisters of the poor and whatnot. Uh, but that's part of what is still kind of the, I guess, the the wrench in the works here, Chris, I think, because there's such motivation to really finagle your way into a record that appears as something, but doesn't really have to, to be actually that. And someday, whenever we have an expanded college football playoff, I am very hopeful 
that that could eventually lead to uh, more ambitious scheduling and a better product for the fans. Because at the end of the day, that's all I am. That's really all I care about. That's why I don't care about Fox's checks or the Big 12 inventory <laughs> and being made whole. It's just about me as a consumer, what I'm getting, get what it. I'm paying for. But you know what I'm talking about. That's still a part of this that kind of stinks about college football is like, ah, no, nah, well, the SEC, we need nickels in November. In tech, we need an FCS in September. And we, you know what I'm saying? That just, I hate that part of it. And I, until you get kind of out of that realm, it's kind of hard to ever talk about like, well, yeah, let's sign up this or we'll get this in the non-conference. Everybody is so careful with their non-conference scheduling because the perception of what those numbers are can mean so much as it's related to either, you know, a national champion uh, determined by a poll or the BCS, or a 14 playoff. So maybe that's soon to change, but that's just still one of those sticky hurdles that's really hard to get over when you're talking scheduling because everybody really wants to manipulate it to their advantage, I guess as they should, and I hope Texas Tech is, uh, until no longer that that provides an advantage. Yeah, you know, and, and part of that too is that you need, uh, you, you need home games, uh, and it's hard to get good teams to come play at certain places. And so that's where the the, the guarantee game, you know, uh, was introduced years yeah. and years and years ago. And, you know, it's it's uh, so there's always going to be that inventory to just to have the one. I mean, because I mean, you know, M- Mike Leach's team early on in his tenure, I mean, they, they operated with three or four of those uh, every year. Uh, once he got out of what was already scheduled with Ohio State and Ole Miss and NC State, I mean, there were there were some years where. Right. In Indiana State, and I mean, there, there was a lot uh, of that, but that is, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think whenever the, the playoff was talked about and everybody talked about the schedule strength component and the extra data point and all that kind of stuff that everybody got into, they're like, we, we got we to gotta play a, 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 a gimme, we got to play a regional game, and then we need to play a, a power five uh, type game, and that's kind of been uh, Tech's formula. But, but I, go, I, go yeah. look at, I go look at, uh, like, West Virginia – Okay, and what they're doing non-conference wise, and it it's it's f- from a fan standpoint, you're probably like, "Well, this is juicy," but if you're a coach or a player, it's like murder's row. You're like, "We can't. <laughs> well, this is yeah, this. You know what? I'm not having fun watching my team get their ass kicked uh, in September." And then and then it's like we didn't even started league play yet. I mean, yeah, forget so. Pitt. Where's Nichols? Bring Nichols back. <laughs> See, that's what I yeah, and it, and it the and that, bro, uh, yeah, right. It, it may get Neil Brown fired. I mean, because they right. can't. I mean, go go look at their non-conference schedule this year. I mean, it's like yep. I don't know who put that together, but it, it's like it, it's hard to to sustain it that way when you're not because not even the blue bloods do that. I mean, they mix in a little semi bye week. Nobody will call it that, uh, but it's a game where you get your your depth players in, and you can kind of hopefully if you play well take it now. And and again, some of those. Uh, teams have actually won some of these games too, so they they are a bit tricky. Is there's a lot more sure. parity now than there used to be, but anyway. But yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see kind of what else comes out of these meetings. If we get any other uh, announcements or any other business items or anything like that on uh, kind of what what comes out, because that there's lots of questions about. And, and again, are you prohibited from talking about Gonzaga now if you're kind of you know, stuck with Oklahoma and Texas now, or do you, can you still operate on Gonzaga, UNLV, the PAC 12 schools, whatever, and just say, Hey, th- there's an offer here, but it doesn't, it doesn't become 
uh, valid until the 2025 season when we're now back to, to 12 teams. I mean, I don't know. Can you can you date when you're separated, or you need to wait for the divorce? <laughs> well, I think you're bringing her back are, home. Don't worry. I think there's about plenty of people wife. that are that are dabbling at the same time. Yeah. Don't worry about my wife in the guest room. We're separated. We just haven't moved <laughs> yeah. out from one another. Come on back to. I don't know why I said guest room. Like I'm sure she'd be in the master uh, hold up, but I don't know. I think you got to go on conducting your business as best yeah. you can. So it probably will. Damn sure yeah. don't sit on your hands. <laughs> I would think yeah. that you're out there swinging, baby. You're out there mixing. You're out there mixing it up, trying to get back in the game <sighs> with a few schools from the Pac-12 conference. But yeah, really, really interesting. And has there ever been a more bizarre time in a conference's history in the history of conferences? I'm not so sure. But the Big 12 is in a one of a kind position riding all of this out as the big 12 typically has been, I guess for like the last 10 or 15 years, it's just life uh, in these parts, I suppose. Great insights, Chris, and we're keeping an eye on this and you better too, if you're interested in these things, because it is not over discussions ongoing and where there is a will, there is a way. And I just still think with so much pointing towards the conference and those participants, Texas and OU, you know, having some type of an agreement uh, to find that way that that maybe you'll circle back to it with the networks and and really get it headed in that direction. But only time will tell, and we'll be here to discuss it uh, high and low whenever that time does come. Uh, Chris, thanks again, as always, for the uh, perspective and insights, and appreciate the time, man. Enjoyed it. Absolutely, yeah. The Big 12, where the 12, you know, number 12 is just a number. It doesn't signify how many teams are in your league because you go from 10 to 14, maybe stay at 14, and maybe who knows what. But, uh, yeah, keep hope alive, people. We'll uh, be with you all week. Enjoyed it. <laughs> the Big 12 is the whose line is it anyway of conferences. The rules are made up, and the points don't matter. <laughs> We're just doing our best to keep up with it all. So you do the same and join us right back here outside for another rousing edition of Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making us your first listen. And as I mentioned, check out Locked On College Basketball for your second listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you next time on Locked On Texas Tech.